Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson-Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. So this week, you guys, we're having another book club. We're reading one of the most recognizable names in romance, Nora Roberts, and the first of her beloved Irish-born series, Born in Fire. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Yay! Awesome. Oh, Danielle, I've missed you. It's so good to see you. I know. Good to see you as well. I have been fighting off a cold and it's one of those ones where it just, it cannot decide. I think if it's going to mm-hmm. be a cold or if it's just going to be kind of this annoying thing, yeah. oh, it's already very annoying, but it's, it's like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. So now I'm just going to be like tired through my bones, you know, like I can't yeah. move, you know, or I didn't hydrate. So now my throat is scratchy or I didn't work out this morning, like one morning it's Sunday. I don't work out on Sundays. Um, <laughs> there needs know. to be a day of rest. Okay. Yes. I mean, but you know, it's like, it didn't work out. So now my joints are achy. It's also like everyone around us, like around our family, even Ivy kind of has a cold, but I give mm-hmm. her a pass because she is a child. She's in school. Children are gross. Yeah. They um, always have colds. They're never, they always have, have cold. colds. Yeah. You know, um, But like, yeah, I feel like people around us are sick. So it's like, we're trying really hard not to get really sick. Like, and I, thankfully I've, you know, like I've tested, she has tested, it's not COVID, Mm -hmm. but it's it's like, you know, yeah, she just has like a a stuffy and kind of runny nose. And like, that's how I've been. Like my throat's been kind of scratchy. I kind of have a stuffy nose, but today I'm feeling okay. So we'll see, you know, you just feel like you're just like trying, like I've been drinking Mm -hmm. so much tea with so much honey it's wild um, and delicious. <laughs> so, Are you getting sleep? Have you been getting sleep? I've been trying to really sleep? hard. Yes. I've been taking z to make sure I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing is I take forever to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But z I will say, it's just like you're out. You know, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what's going on. But how, how are you? What's up? What's new with you? Oh man. So I am prepping for more travel. Oh I gosh. thought that my traveling days you're were behind never, me. You're never home. I'm never home. I know. <laughs> Tell Cliff. I mean, Cliff feels the same way. <laughs> he tells me yesterday, he's like, I think I'm going to send Aria to daycare while you're gone for like a day or two. And I was like, that sounds great. I think you should do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm prepping for one more trip. We are, we, as in me, Royal me, Royal we, um, yeah. I'm going to Dallas for a week to yeah. visit family, but then also to be there for readers and readers, which, um, at the time of our recording, this will probably be out after readers and readers officially goes, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're re- I'm just really excited. I'll be there and co-emceeing the day awesome. and playing games with people and just having a really great readery day with, um, our author and reader friends. And it's like our first big in-person event again since yeah. 2020. So yeah, oh so I'm gosh. prepping. I'll be there for a week seeing family and then coming back right before Thanksgiving. Oh, so fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I wasn't at, at first because I right now in my day job, I just have so much like it's also our busy season or the tail mm-hmm. end of our busy season. So it's just been like events, 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 prepping for the next event. Yeah. This week I have a whole bunch of events. So I'm like, let's just get through this and then we can go to Texas and then we can get a hair. I'm getting a haircut. So fun. Yeah. Where are you getting a haircut in Texas? I am. I'm going to oh, my mom's lady. I was like, fun. I, when I realized I had the day off, I was like, mom, can you ask Maria if I can get a haircut? <laughs> I really yeah. need one. So mm-hmm. go to my uh, old lady. That sounds like a dream. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Okay. What is a good thing you've achieved this week? 
I'm going to say making my hair appointment so that I can get my hair cut, you know, because like that is, this is my first haircut in a year. I just haven't had time and energy and we moved and my place is like farther away now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say making appointment to get a haircut and hopefully getting said haircut. Yes. I think that's, that's a really big achievement as someone who has recently cut her hair mm-hmm. over the summer. And now, now, because I'm keeping it short, I have to, I have to go. Ev- I go every eight weeks. It is like clockwork. Yeah. Like, and I go, I like rearrange my work schedule. Yes. you have. So to. I can like have the day, you know, because yes. it takes forever. You're mm-hmm. there all day. It really, day. it really is true. And then um, after someone's played with your hair all day, you're like, I want to kind of just like relax and take a nap also, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just want to enjoy the rest of the relaxing experience. Exactly. Yep. Um, I love this. What's one thing you've achieved this week? So we're recording this. This is the Sunday after Halloween. So it's been almost exactly a week. And this was really the first Halloween really, I think ever for Ivy, Mm -hmm. where we have gone trick or treating with like a big group of her friends and we got invited. Yes, really. Yeah. Yeah. It was like six girls that like, they were like the core group, but the house we went to, they, they, they're like situated on a corner. They have like a nice big yard And they were like, the parents there, they were like, yeah, we've got brats, we've got hot dogs, we've got this, like they were grilling in their front yard and they just had a ton of stuff like food and like I made cookies and another mom made brownies and we all brought everybody brought candy. And then we went through the neighborhood and it was, and then we came back and had like cider and like just hung out. It was like, that's so nice. It's like, you always see like those big groups of people and Uh then- And then like, we finally like did it. Cause like, I've, I think I've talked about this. It is really hard to make like parent friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to just make adult friends. It's another thing to like make parent friends. And yeah. so I guess we're doing that now. Um, <laughs> no, and they're all great. They're really fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really, it was a really, I think it that is my so achievement. Fun. It was just, it was a very fun Halloween. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did Ivy end up going as? She was, said- uni- she was a unicorn. Yeah. How cute. She was a unicorn and her best friend was also a unicorn. They did not plan it. So like when they started talking about it, they got very excited. And then a couple of weekends ago was trunk or treat and they at their school. And so they like saw each other and they were, they were different. They were different costumes, but they were, it was like, you two are like on the same little weird wavelength. It was great. They're so adorable. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They're like the twin emoji. But instead of it being ballet twins, they're little unicorn twins. Yeah, they're, they're, that's exactly what they were. It was so <laughs> funny. They had the best time. I'm glad. That's really great. There was one girl. First of all, she was just, she's, I was like, oh, you're the cool girl. Like, she's like, she was like real quiet, but like everyone like followed mm-hmm. her. It was very mm-hmm. funny. I loved her, but she was an owl. <laughs> like, oh, okay. it looked great. Had these great wings. And then she had, do you remember the shoe, the Heelys, the shoes with the little wheels yeah. and the heels? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She had those. So like she looked like she was flying. Like every every time she left someone's house going down a driveway, she looked like she was flying. I was like, yep, you're awesome. The coolest kids. <laughs> Did you ever see what was that um Wes Anderson movie where there was little kids in it? 
Yes, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise yeah, Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's like as you were describing her, it makes me think yeah. of that scene with all the little bird girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the play at the beginning. Yes. So funny. Oh, that's so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so that that's really one good. of the best parts of having kids, honestly, is getting to dress them up and watching mm-hmm. them be with their friends and just be little silly hams together. It's so cute. Yeah, it was great. It was so it was fun. And it was yeah. like the weather was great. It wasn't oh, too cold. It was really nice. So yeah, it was a good Halloween. Um, And I didn't even have to do that much, you know, I think that's the true achievement Mm -hmm. is that I was like, here's some cookies and everybody else do everything. Well, and the nice thing too, like, so when you do a group event like that, you don't have to worry about being home to give out candy yourself too. Or did you guys know that's the worst? No, we did not. Mm -hmm. We just left out we left out like two buckets of candy mm-hmm. and didn't even leave. You know, some people put a sign that says like, please be, you know, please only take two or whatever. No, we were like, somebody's going to walk up here and just take dump all this candy. And you know what? Go with that's we're exactly. asking for it basically. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's um, their moral dilemma that they're yeah. going to have to deal with for the rest of their lives. So <laughs> I mean, no one stole our bowls, which exactly. is great. Like they, they weren't actual buckets. They were like nice candy bowls, like not even nice. Got them at Walmart or something, you know, but because <laughs> we were like, well, someone could just literally just take just this. take the whole bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't, and, and our little, like, we have like one of those like aluminum camping, like little tables and mm-hmm. we just put them on there and at the end of our driveway and, and, and it was, we came back and it was all gone. So it was like, who knows what left were bowls and tables, but yes, accomplishment of a good Halloween, I think yeah. is great for this year. So we decided to have another book club. Yep. Let's move into this discussion. I was like, I know a book we're reading. We're reading born in fire by Nora Roberts and you have a confession. I do. Um, yes. Please, ah. please tell everyone. I have a big confession, which is as a person who has worked in the romance industry for 15 plus years, I have never read a Nora Roberts book in my life. Wild to me. I've also never watched one of her Hallmark or Lifetime movies either. Like I am I think I've only watched one. Yeah. And and I don't really have like a reason other than like that was my mom's favorite book. But like that's so funny to say because like I've read many of my mom's favorite authors Mm -hmm. and never had the same. But I always felt like with Nora that she was almost, I mean, she's the icon. Like what if I didn't like, what if I picked the wrong book and I didn't like Mm. it and I didn't like her? And then like I was like the not Nora Roberts fan. So I was just easier to miss not read Nora, I guess. So what's so interesting about Nora Roberts and I think who I'm about to mention is in the same of the same ilk, but I was listening to one of the more recent episodes of learning the tropes, another mm-hmm. romance podcast, and they were read, they read all of the Ravenels by Lisa Kleypas. Oh, fine. Yeah. And there was one that they did not love. And, but they were, they were like, yes, but even though we did not love this one, it's like, it's still a good book. Yeah. <laughs> like, because of the level that Lisa Kleypas writes. And I think Nora Roberts is like one of those. Authors. So I think it's like, even if you read like a quote unquote, bad Nora Roberts book. It's still like a well-written, yeah. like enjoyable book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we read, yeah. So like I said, we read Born in Fire. It is the first book in the, what did we call it at the top? I like just looked at this. Oh my gosh. It's the, um, like the uh, Irish, Irish, born, born Irish born series. There are three books, Born in Fire, Born in Ice and Born in Shame. Can't, read, um, can't wait to read all of them. Or the other two? No, I did. I bought, I bought all of all three of them. Cause like, I always take my, my mom has like first print run 
copies of these from 1993 or 94, whenever this book came out. And I, yeah. And, and they're like falling apart. Like we Mm -hmm. both love these books so much. We constantly, not constantly, but we read, read them regularly. This is your first Nora Roberts. Welcome. Thank Um, you. I'm glad to be in the club now. (laughs) You're now a real romance reader. No, I'm kidding. When Um, I read five of them, I get a jacket. So I I, I mean, there are, you have to read way more than that. There's so many. (laughs) There's so many. There's so many. She's written so many books. This was not the first romance I've read, but it's one of the first. Mm -hmm. And I was like rereading it this time. I was thinking about how this book has really informed me as a reader. Oh, okay. I like Like that. a lot of the things that I, I say that I love are in this book, mm-hmm. but then also, I'm also curious. I don't know. I have to think about this some more, but I wonder how this relates to how I write Mm-hmm. because I think this is like one of those like primordial texts for me. Like this is one that I remember. This is the book. I know I've talked about this on the podcast. This is the book. Like my mom gave to me when I was like 17 and she was like, here's a romance novel for yeah. you to read. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I've read this already because uh, <laughs> I've been stealing your books for years, but it was like the book I, she was like given to be like, here's this book about people mm-hmm. falling in love that you should read. And I mean, 17 was probably the appropriate age, 16 or 17. Yeah. For sure. Probably that age. Um, but yeah, so I, I like, now I feel like I'm going to be like thinking about this a lot. because of like the books that I write and aspire to write and like how much, how many of those traits are in Born in Fire. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should we give kind of a brief summary or overview? It's been 29 years. I feel like if we spoil it, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, sorry, everybody. If you're like me and you haven't read the book yet, um, I mean, then you uh, skip ahead or just skip this episode, go read it. It's worth it. It's so good. But otherwise, (laughs) let's jump into some spoils. Yeah. Okay. So it starts. Okay. Wait, back up like big picture. I loved how there was so much going on in this book. Yes. This book is busy. There's so many, there are two like secondary romances happening, which was great. And they both don't happen until almost the end, which is wild. I was like, what, who is her editor? Who told her to do this? (laughs) This is insane. It was Um, great. Cause then you're just like, oh, great. We don't have to have their books. Like, I mean, I I want that, but I like, as a reader, you want resolution and these characters (laughs) all got a little like happy ending. It was lovely. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, I feel like we, like, it could take us forever to get into this book. Mm -hmm. But I think the main thing is that there is this artist. She is a glass blower. Her name is Maggie. Yeah. Maggie, Margaret Mary Concanon. Um, And she lives in Clare in Ireland, out in the country in, in Ireland. And it really, I mean, the prologue opens with like her dad literally dying in dying. her arms, which yeah. like that does not set the tone for this novel, uh-uh. but it is like an <laughs> underlying kind of thing that she reflects on for the entire book. So like that happens. And then I think it's about a year later, maybe mm-hmm. or so. And she has started selling her artwork and, but in kind of haphazardly, like she, she makes these beautiful, amazing glass sculptures and she's started selling them and this art broker or like a manager kind of he 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 finds one of her pieces and he's like I need to find this artist yeah it's a very terrible time finding her because she never picks up the phone and he finally like goes to Ireland like yeah he's like I'm gonna go get her so he goes to get her and they immediately butt heads his name is Rogan Sweeney 
And they immediately butt heads from the start. Like she is a very free spirit. He is very buttoned up and business-like. And he's like, no, I, we could both make a lot of money. And so they agree to work together. And I think almost, excuse me, from the start, she's like, I think you're hot. I think we should bone. And he's like, no, like we work Mm -hmm. together. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the first, most of the first act is them saying, no, let like, this isn't going to happen. Or he really is. And, and they're constantly arguing. It's like full of the best banter. Yeah. They are up all the time. Yeah. They don't talk to each other. They just argue. It's great. (laughs) Um, And then in the second, the second act, really the first half of the second act is really them both admitting to each other that they like, not even to each other, but to themselves that they, Mm -hmm. okay. Like I like this person. Yes. We have some feelings. Could we see how this is going? And then really it's like that second, the second half of the second act where they kind of actually give into it. And it's like, once they, they have sex the first time, then they don't stop. Um, Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> and they're just, it's like, and, and not that it's like just constant sex scenes, but it is kind of just like, and then they woke up together, you know, or like the start of a scene where one of them is exactly. I, I was telling, I was thinking about it this morning. <laughs> I was like, it's really one of those things where I'm like, it's one and a half sex scenes. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. But there are multiple love scenes because they're waking yes. up together yeah. or they're, uh, it's not even really a fade to black. It's just kind of like they're picking up where they left off or they're starting yeah. and going into something. And, and it was, I, I don't know. I just loved it because the sexual tension yeah. and their chemistry is so electric mm-hmm. that you don't like, it's so satisfying with the sex scenes, without the sex scenes. They're mm-hmm. just so uh, magnetic together that you just yeah. want to keep turning the page from there. That's what I like too. Cause I was just like, I mean, the, fir- like I was saying, like the kind of the first act of this book, they are just yelling at each other, Yeah, but yeah. it's also undeniable that mm-hmm. they are going to fall in love and it's, it's gonna so many out. like clenched fist moments. Yes. You know, you're just like, so oh. many. <laughs> it's so good. And and they continue, they still don't even really like even them like declaring their love for each other. They are like, no, I love you. Why are you so dumb? Like, why mm-hmm. don't you understand? Or like, why don't you understand that I just want to be with you? Like that is like how they are the <laughs> whole time. And it, it's like, I'm living for it. I yeah, loved every minute. Or they're so stubborn. <laughs> and, and then this was what was also really interesting is that I feel like the first two thirds of it, it's very much like, here are just two people who are figuring out they like each other. Mm-hmm. And then the last act is it's really not until the last act where Maggie is like, I'm not going to get into a relationship with you. And and she says that like from the start, she's like, I'm yeah. not interested in being your girlfriend. I don't plan on getting married. And, but you don't know why. And then she finally like lays it out. Um, this is definitely, this is a bad mom romance. Like her yes. mother is terrible. Her mom is um, the worst. Her mother's the worst, but she's also one of those characters where you kind of sympathize with why she's terrible. Like Mm -hmm. she should have a chip on her shoulder for like kind of the things that she went through. And it also, I think frames. So 
I know what is coming. Like there are some big family reveals that are coming. And I think it, the book does, this book does a lot of work of making the dad really awesome. But I think also dropping some hints Mm -hmm. that like there is more to him than what's going on. There's this mysterious letter that Maggie finds these love letters that, and Mm -hmm. she's like, well, my parents, even though they were married they did not love each other. So who is this woman um, that he was writing to? Um, And that definitely gets revealed. That's kind of the conceit of the third act is that Maggie is just like, no, like my mother did not have love in her life. And Mm -hmm. she blamed, she literally was like, Maggie, you are the physical embodiment of everything that went wrong in my life. Oh my God. That scene. Oh my God. Yeah. Like every time Maggie and her mom interact, and it's really just like two scenes where they Mm -hmm. talk to each other and it's, or there are three scenes. She's brutal oh god and they get worse like I feel like they got progressively worse but to your point like every time she would have these breakdowns and scream at Maggie and just like express herself that way you do completely understand where mob is coming from or maybe is coming from and like yeah yeah. it it kept I hate it because I hate like angry moms Mm -hmm. like it's 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 Mm -hmm. a catnip sort of storyline like I love it but I also struggle with reading it and I was like so mad, but then I'm like, I get her. Like I, yeah. I get why she's so mad. And I hate that she's putting that on her children, but I get yeah. why she feels this way. I feel so betrayed yeah. by a system around her. I think that's, yeah, because I was thinking about it too. Like Maggie was probably born what in like the late or like the mid seventies or like mm-hmm. late sixties, maybe like, and I just think in like rural Ireland like of course this poor woman was trapped like she did not have any choices and they were completely taken away from her because she had like this one passionate time like it kind of sounded like um Maeve Maggie's Maggie's mom and their dad I think his name is Tom yeah Tom Tom they like they just kind of had like this kind of this fling this kind of very fleeting fling Mm -hmm. and then she gets pregnant and he's like well I'm gonna do the right thing and marry you and she was miserable ever since then yeah and yeah they just were not suited um yeah so that's interesting I'm trying to think of what other major things so really Maggie tell like in this very kind of long monologue but that was riveting she tell she finally tells rogan like the whole book she's like no we're not going to be in like a real relationship when we're working together when we see each other if we have sex great and we can enjoy each other's company but that's as far as it's going to go and then he he basically like he proposes Mm -hmm. and she's like Pulls no. up full on Mr. Darcy. Yeah. He's just, yeah. And he kind of, it really right? is. Darcy he's like, you don't know how to talk to people. You can't pick up the phone. I can never, I never know where you are. Your mother is terrible. When he gave her a timepiece, <laughs> like the catty little scene when he's like, you're never on time. I'm giving you this very nice watch. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. And he, and she's just like, no like no we're not doing this Mm -hmm. and but and then he's like well why like you have been telling me no this whole time we clearly work well together like we work well together we also have great sex and I as much as you infuriate me I like being around you (laughs) you're the woman for me and she's just like yeah no 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 that's a no for me like we're not (laughs) we're not doing this. And then, but then she tells him and then she tells him like kind of the story of her parents and how she really doesn't believe that she can 
she can, it's not even, it's like, it's both like, she doesn't think that she can love. And she also doesn't think that she can be loved. And he's Mm -hmm. like, cool that, and he really is like, cool. That's on you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait for you to figure this out. And he leaves her alone Yeah, (laughs) and in a really lovely, like kind of perfect way, Maggie can't create anything like Mm -hmm. after they have this fight and after he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to leave you alone. And she's, she tries to like sculpt with glass. She's sketching and none of it's working (laughs) and burning herself left and right. And she realizes, nope, I guess I've got to go find this dude. Mm -hmm. And, and she does, she kind of, she like goes to Dublin and he is just left. And then she goes somewhere else and he is just left. And then they finally, he, he comes to back to County Clare and, and they are like, cool. Yep. We're together. Like it's yeah. basically, they're just like, yep. And yeah, I was at my and we'll see. You. <laughs> and, uh, I realized I needed to be with you and that I love you and we can get married and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of like, okay. And it's so funny. Cause even at the end, like to the true core of their characters, like they're still kind of fighting about yeah. like, oh, giving yeah. into each other. They're like, I guess I'll marry you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it's very exactly. sweet. Like, it is. It's yeah. very lovely. <laughs> and yeah. And that is kind of, there's no epilogue, which I always find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, that's how it ends. And you're just like, yep, these two weirdos are going to clearly be in love and yep, it's going to go fine. make some great art and sell it yeah. really well. It's going to be, be super rich. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of, that was very rambling and all over the place, but I mm-hmm. loved it. Um, and that's kind of how I felt like this book was. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, okay, so let's move into like, do you want to talk about what we liked and what we didn't, or what we didn't like? What do you want yeah, to talk about yeah. Let's talk about um, what we, let's talk about, let's do positive and negative. Yeah. We'll do what we liked. Okay. Then, yeah. Um, I, we mentioned this and then did not talk about it, but I really loved the two secondary mm-hmm. Love stories. love stories. They were just, they were kind of out of nowhere, but also yeah. were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is Rogan's friend, Joseph. He works at the art gallery. Like he's part of, it's called like worldwide incorporated, like this art yeah. studio gallery thing mm-hmm. that he oversees that Rogan oversees. And Joseph is like, kind of like the building manager, I think in Dublin or whatever. And he is in love with, from a, he's been pining after one of Rogan's like best friends since childhood and whatever her, she was great. Um, Patricia, but she, he's been pining after her, her, she's a widow and everyone thinks that she and Rogan should actually get together. Uh-huh. And like, Patricia and Rogan are kind of like, yeah, cool. Like you're nice. We're nice. Let's go out every so often, but nothing has really happened. And then turns out Joseph, who's like, kind of like, he's like a bohemian. He has long hair and mm-hmm. an earring, I think. Yeah, um, super cool. I think Maggie like compared, like said, he kind of looked like a pirate, which I was like, this is, this is a time like the mid nineties. What a time. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just like imagining him like an Irish Eddie Vedder or like Bono, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like Bono. old Bono with the long Probably, hair. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah for it to be like the mid 90s it probably yeah. was like bono bono um, or edge so or the edge. i don't know which one it is there <laughs> don't know which one's in the bono or in you too <laughs> yeah and then so finally like at some point oh so she like goes so at one point patricia goes to rogan and is like we should be together mm-hmm. because like her mother is basically like you need to mommy go. tells he, me i should do yeah this. like the her mom is like she he's clearly in love with the artist like you need to go claim him before it all is lost so she does and in that moment she also realizes like no I don't I actually don't like him like that like he's basically a brother to me and Joseph like she but she's like very emotional and like she just she was like no I actually don't want to be with you and she like runs off and Joseph comes and finds her and she's like crying and he's like no I think you're amazing and then they kind of they start seeing each other it's so cute um and then the other secondary one is really cute, but is with Rogan's grandmother and like Maggie and her sister Brianna's like great uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah, they like they reconnect because his grandmother like grew up in the kind of one of these small towns and like knew their grandmother as well. And mm-hmm. and they reconnect and it's like very sweet. And there's like a couple of very cute scenes with like Rogan being like, what's up with this guy? Like, what do you mean he wants mm-hmm. to be with you? What do you mean he's visiting you for an indefinite period of time? Like it, <laughs> oh, it was very cute. Yeah. Super sus. And, um, and she's like, no, like I like him. It's he's fine. You know? And it, that one was also very sweet. Um, yeah. So I liked both of those. What's something that you enjoyed or that you really liked? I really enjoyed like the, the, the banter between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I know that we've, again, we've talked about that a lot, but I love how just like every time the two of them were in a scene together, it was just like so fast. It reminded mm-hmm. me of screwball comedy. That sort of yeah. just like very quick dialogue, very quick back and forth. They're both able to essentially finish each other's sentences, which is yeah. like incredible, incredible craftsmanship from Nora. Um, and I also just like how beautiful the description of the areas were as well. Like it just yeah. made me want to go to Ireland because, and a, a testament mm-hmm. to how great of a writer Nora is, is that like the prose of this book was just so stunning. Stunning. St- yeah. For, for genre fiction, it's stunning. Yeah. She, she knows what's up. Like mm-hmm. she knows what she's doing. Um, yeah, yeah I agree. I want to go to Ireland. Um, you know who they were, who, Rogan and Maggie reminded me of it was Benedict and Beatrice from mm. um yeah from that play oh my gosh much ado about nothing much ado about nothing yes, very, yeah, they were just so perfect together yeah I'm trying yeah. to think what was the other thing I thought I took notes I didn't I just like read this yesterday like in just one sitting I just mm-hmm. like sat down and I read and I was like yelling at my they kept my family kept coming in here and I was like I'm reading get um, out of here it's funny. So I started reading it and then I finished cause I was busy at work on Friday and I was like, I only have so much time. Yeah. So I listened to the last mm-hmm. half of it and it's, I will say I, what I liked about it was the audio was very, very good. It's just, it's one man that does all the voices. So it does oh, get a little cool. confusing when yeah. there's like the scenes where lots of characters in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it was a very good audio. So I yeah. recommend that part. You know what I liked too, for Maggie to have been like so confident, Mm -hmm. I really liked how like when she did have to like go to these parties where she was basically just like hobnobbing with rich people and like asking them to buy her artwork, 
was that she was like very, she was actually quite nervous and mm-hmm. like was kind of have, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know if I would call it an anxiety attack, but maybe it was, but she just like, she did not know what to do. Yeah. And like, so there are some really great moments both with Rogan and with, um, well, her sister, his comes. grand, yeah, and oh, her and sister too, but the mm-hmm. grandma comes and the, and her sister and they all come and they were like, no, Maggie, like you deserve all of one. You deserve all of this. Like your work speaks, speaks for itself. And two, everyone in this room, like wants you to do well. Like they all are here to see your work. Like that is something to be celebrated. And so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also this book is just really romantic. Yeah. Like, Rogan no like figures out real quick like the things that are gonna make Maggie happy and he never lets up like yeah. even when he's yelling at her mm-hmm. he it's still like out of kindness which I know sounds really it sounds weird, weird but it's true <laughs> but it's very true like he yeah. and he knew he also I think he was really quick to figure out like no sometimes she needs to be pushed because like she kind of is known in her hometown as just like being like, she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows she's an artist. Everyone kind of lets her like kind of haphazardly make her way through life. Um, and so he's like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not even just like that. I want to make a ton of money off of your artwork, but it's like that. I know you are capable of doing Great more. Work. And like, and like when he sees her, like there are a couple of times where he's watching her blow glass and he mm-hmm. is just completely in awe of like what she can do and yeah. I thought that was I was like I have no idea what any of this means but it's described in such a way where you just you know and you understand like she is really an artist and it's really mm-hmm. cool yeah it's really really neat and that's another thing it's like if you are interested in like craft not craft of writing but like of different art craft yeah. and, and um the 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 energy and the mm-hmm. personality it takes to be sort of an artist. I do think that this book kind of goes into that too and gives you that little behind the scenes of the stress and inner turmoil that an artist who is trying to make a place for herself, but also recognizes that she has this talent mm-hmm. and you spend time with her both very confident and also very insecure. Yeah. So this is something I liked, but also something I didn't like. So this can like kind of transition to it. They, there are pages Mm-hmm. where they are not together yeah and it like it's doing a lot of work but it's also like okay but like why aren't they together yeah <laughs> what's happening why are we um, with them yeah that was really interesting to me but yeah so I guess we could talk, kind of move into what we didn't like there really isn't a ton that I didn't like because I think it all works together really well mm-hmm. but I mean obviously like the mom is a terrible person, but she like but has she to, be. Needs to be. Yeah. I will say there were parts of this book that were just awesome, like, like through and through, but it did. There were times also where it felt a little dated. Yeah. Which will, I want to talk about more in, in a minute, you know, like there's an answering machine like mm-hmm. who has that anymore. No one. Um, and so, yeah, like there were things like that, but I mean, on, on a whole, I really just loved this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in, in like to the points of a lot of the things that make it a sort of a time capsule. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even that egregious, really. It's, yeah. it's much more just sort of like a throwaway. There's no, there's like no topical things in there. And yes, it, it was weird to being like, couldn't you just call this person on a cell phone? I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. This is 1993. Right. We don't have cell phones yeah. yet. Right. 
Mm-hmm. There was even like at some one point when Maggie was like trying to find him at the end, basically to be like, you were right. Like we should be together. Mm-hmm. But at one point, like his receptionist is like, do you want me to patch you through to his car phone? And I was like, oh no, they don't mean a cell phone. They mean like actually like one of those car phones. Yeah. <laughs> Which is in the uh, car. And it's like, hello. Yeah, that's so random. <laughs> yeah. Any more like kind of final, final thoughts? Well, my big final thought is that yeah. I now have to go read the other two. Yes, you do. Oh God, they're so I good. I am dying to learn more about this family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so then, you know, we really didn't talk. That's something. Okay. One thing, I mean, I loved her sister, Brianna. Yes. Um, Brianna owns like a little B and B Brianna has kind of was the sister. So Brianna, you, I mean, you get this here. You definitely find this out in her, in the second book, but like Brianna, basically the parents have Brianna to kind of try to save their relationship. And Matt, you know, so whereas like Maeve, the mother did not love Maggie or, you know, didn't in her yeah. own way, she did love Maggie, but didn't love Maggie because she was, it was too painful for her. Brianna is really like, she puts She's everything else child. on Brianna. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that is really kind of a lot of what happens in book two. Um, but yeah, I really, I liked Brianna a lot, but I did feel like sometimes she definitely was like put on this pedestal. And I, yeah. and I think that's just how it was. And like, even though Maggie totally loved her sister, but I think there was not quite animosity, but just, I think she also was like, mm-hmm. no, you have dealt with our mother for long enough. Like you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. And it's so, a perfect example of kids all have different parents, even though you have the yeah. same parent, you have a different mm-hmm. relationship with that parent. You have a different experience with that parent. Yeah. And this, that, that is one of the like, the more interesting psychological juicy parts of this book in mm-hmm. general is that you do get to explore sort of the scapegoat kid and the mom that doesn't like her yeah. and then the golden child and then the next book is going to be the golden child who's like sort of mm-hmm. dealing with the relationship and the responsibilities and yeah. how you feel that and then also the fact that this is from this first book being from Maggie's perspective like we are going to see Brianna from that sort of like fragile but also golden child perspective yeah. whereas like I'm assuming when we get into Brianna's perspective like we'll see it in a different way from there yeah totally I can't wait I hope you read these books because they're so good um I'm not even going to talk it. about the third book okay the third book is so who the, who the third book is about is the perfect perfect I can't wait perfect. I'm so excited <laughs> uh okay so we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and talk about Nora some more Nora being one of the most iconic contemporary romance writers, living past, present, future, she will continue to be. Um, But, you know, she is the the question is always, does contemporary romance stand the test of time? Yeah. You know, it is this sort of encapsulation of a moment. But there Mm -hmm. is the problem with that, because as we saw with Born in Fire, there are these little moments that pull you out and go, oh, that's not historically accurate anymore. Or, you know, time wise accurate might be historically accurate. But well, and I think, too, you know, like and I'm not the first person to say this, but everyone, a lot of people love to point out Jane Austen was writing contemporary romance. Like she was writing during the time mm-hmm. about the time period and like people. So I think there is something to be said about that, but then it's like, but then, you know, it's like, it's like when you think of like people consider like the nineties historical, like the 1990s point. are at this mm-hmm. point are historical, like clueless is like a period piece to a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, to your so daughter. 
Yeah, basically, probably. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Wait, the other day, (laughs) this is a digression, but okay. My husband for a very long time on his phone, his phone case was like a cassette tape. Like it looked like a cassette tape. And I said, I was like, remember you had that phone case that was a cassette tape. And Ivy was like, what's a cassette tape? And I was like, oh no. And then I was like, well, it was like, it's what, you know, and like in my mind, I was like, well, it's what came before CDs. And I was like, oh, she doesn't know what a CD CD is. is. And I said, and I was like, do you even know what a CD is? Like, so I said this and then I was like, do you even know what a CD is? She's like, I know what it is. I mean, she's like, I mean, I don't know what it does, but but I know what they are. Like I've seen them. How cute. And then my husband Zach was like, and then what came after CDs? And I was like, mini discs. And he was like, yeah, no one talks about those. I was like, I don't even know what a mini disc does. Like, what did they, you know, I mean, I know, but you know, it was like, yeah. So that, but that's, I think this is an ongoing conversation. I think in romance, do we put in text messages? Mm -hmm. Do we talk about online dating? Do we, do we put in the pandemic? Do you, or do you refer to the pandemic? You know, like, I think now you're kind of seeing like people, like, you know, people tried to write pandemic romances and they didn't, I mean, some of people like, I don't know. I never read one. It was too close, but it's like, now do you just like refer like, Oh, during the height of the pandemic, you know? So Mm -hmm. then it, Cause that also places things in time too. Yeah. Do you just be like March, 2020 and be like, Oh, we all know what that means. Yes. <laughs> you know, or something like that. But yeah, like, you know, the whole thing with like the answer, th- there was a very great scene where Rogan was just constantly calling her answering machine. And so she can like hear him talking into the answering machine mm-hmm. and she's just like arguing with the answering machine. It was so funny. It's so funny. Um, but Which I was like, now I'm just like, who leaves an aunt? Don't leave me a voicemail. Gross. Well, and so that's what I'm thinking. Like when Ivy is 16 and I hand her born in fire by Nora Roberts, like she's me like, what's an, she's gonna be like Googling like, what's an answering machine, you know, like, so yes. she can understand the, like the logistics of the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it is funny to think of it that way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. There isn't really, I think, an answer. I just thought like, yeah, it's like when something is contemporary or, or it, like, is this book a historical book now? I have no, I mean, or is it like a period piece almost like, but it's interesting to think that like something yeah. can do that. Like, it, mm-hmm. like when does it shift from being a contemporary romance to just being a romance that was written in 1994? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, honestly, it's, it's author specific. Like it's when you become, mm-hmm. you become like a classic when yeah. you get to go from being like, yes, Jane Austen was writing contemporary romances that are now considered classics, but were her peers at the same time, would they be getting the same sort of, uh, appreciation true. and acceptance? Yeah. And I feel, you know, like w- when you have like, uh, all of these authors that are writing the same thing. And then some, mm-hmm. uh, some voices just stand out more for whatever reasons. Yeah. And like, they get the opportunity to be considered like classic and other ones are just like, as you said, a book written in 1994. That yeah. Really talked about all the bands that were out then. And you're like, yeah, mm, this isn't going to hold up anymore. Um, that makes me think of, there's a podcast called Bonnets at Dawn and it's about two women. And they, they like, they, I think it started out talking because one of them really loved Bronte and one of them really loved Austin, but then it has since evolved into talking about like the contemporary. So like everyone knows Bronte and Austin and Alcott and, you know, like 
other people like the Mary Shelley and, and mm-hmm. women, women writers from like the 18th, 19th and 20th century. I basically just said their tagline. That's wild. Um, <laughs> but, it, but they, they go beyond those big yes. names and they talk about the other people who are writing during that time and their lives. And like, oh, this author was writing exactly at the same time as Austin. And actually, if you read her, you may actually consider this other person to be better better than Austin. But but then it's like, you know, yeah. And they kind of dive dive into that. Like what makes something um, a classic? Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. I mean, I think this is a classic. Born in Fire by Nora Roberts is a romance classic. Yeah. It has to be. I, you know, and the funny thing too with it is it's as much as we're say that there are moments that stand out or that pull you out because they are a little like just antiquated. I really feel like this book doesn't have that many of them. Like it really doesn't rely on the times Mm -hmm. to tell the story. So like if you're, you know, with the answering machine thing, like the, yeah, it's it. I don't really know where I'm going with the story, but I just thought that that was such an interesting yeah. part of it that it felt, it really much, very much reminded me of Friends, the show Friends, yeah. in the sense that why that show lasts so well, lasts so long and kids can find it now and generation mm-hmm. to generation is because of the way that they dress. And it's very, just like very simple. And mm-hmm. it's, you can see it replicated on Abbott Elementary, like they're doing the same sort of thing. So it's going to be classic and timeless. Yeah. And I feel like this book did the same thing where it's not relying heavily on like pointing out things that were going on at the time or mm-hmm. relying on technology in a way that uh wasn't necessary yeah uh, having now read your first Nora Roberts do mm, are mm-hmm. there other authors who you could point to as like read likes or something yes that's okay. a very yeah after comparing this book to so I definitely will say that I saw I did see some sort of like homages from your book in this book a little bit. Oh, that's so like funny. when you were saying that you're like, oh, this is very formative. And I feel like it's kind of, yeah. yeah, I'm like, yes, it, <laughs> there, there were um, not even like similarities, but just like the vibe was, was there. Yeah. And that was really interesting. It made me think of Stella Cameron, oh, another like yeah. classic, um, and a little bit of Susan Elizabeth Phillips, not as, I mean, Susan's so funny, mm-hmm. but this isn't, this was not funny. This was like just passionate yeah. and just like, oh, um, but yeah, those, those are the two that really jumped out at me. That's really great. Those are really good recommendations. There are a few other Nora Roberts series. I think people would really enjoy. So the first is called the Gallagher's of Ardmore series. It's another um, series set in Ireland. I'm trying to think. So in the front of my book, they have like all of her, you know, what's cool is that mm-hmm. Nora Roberts and I share a publisher uh, for cool. some of her books. Uh, yeah. The Gallagher's of Ardmore trilogy. It was yeah. Jewels of the sun, tears of the moon and heart of the sea. And I think it is kind of like this, like seaside small town. I don't even remember what they're all about. But I remember it was like, I think I read the born in series and then I was like, I want another Irish setting. Mm-hmm. What else is there? And my mom was like, here's this other one. It's really good. Um, I know I've talked, I talked about this, I think on one of our wedding episodes, like we talked about pop culture weddings, but the bridal quartet is really fun and lovely. And then there is another series called the Chesapeake Bay series mm-hmm. that I feel like really has similarities to kind of the born in, even though it's set in the Chesapeake Bay and not in Ireland. Um, yeah, it's really lovely. And then I also wanted to give a shout out. Faded Mates did a deep dive episode on the second book in the series, Born in Ice, back in 2020. It's like literally, 
I think it was like the last episode before the pandemic happened um, that they talked about this. So in this, I think it was, I think this was their second or third season um, of Faded Mates. And they talked about like their formative books. And I believe this was one of Sarah McLean's like Born in Ice was like the one that she like really remembered. And when I was putting this together and I was like, just like looking through their show notes on this episode, it was like the one where the hero smokes. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that is like, you know, it was definitely, it was probably, this came out in 94. The second one probably came out in 95. And so I guess smoking was still okay. Um, yeah, it was on that little precipice <laughs> of changing out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. That was great. That was really great. Well, we're going to take another quick break and we're going to be right back to talk about our goals and what's been bringing us some comfort and joy recently. Welcome back everyone. Let's t- chat about our goals from last time. Yay. So I wanted to send Halloween cards to my friends and I did. Yay. I painted and sent them and hopefully it was exciting. <laughs> I can confirm that my yes. beautiful card is still sitting on my uh on our bar in our kitchen. Oh yay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah. So thank you. Awesome. What was your goal? So my goal was to plan out is plan out a schedule and stick to it through the rest of October and early November. Um yeah, I'll say I I succeeded at doing that. I okay. I yeah, I'm here. This was part of my schedule. I planned it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's still been stressful as heck at work. So I have to keep as much yeah. as possible on a schedule. Definitely. Okay. What's your new goal? So uh, in anticipation of one of my favorite holidays of <laughs> the year, Thanksgiving is coming around. Yeah. I am going to start, it's now sort of time to start thinking about prepping for Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're doing a Friendsgiving with um, some of Cliff's coworkers and we just signed up for mashed potatoes and bread. I'm very excited. Yes. Two of my, those are very important items at Thanksgiving to me and I will be making both of them. Well, I'm going to buy bread, but I'm going to make mashed potatoes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like those are very important parts of right they're very they're crucial they're crucial and they're often forgotten and then people will complain about oh like the bread was bad or like the mashed potatoes (laughs) were not satisfying and I was like I will provide you with both delicious items yes good luck I can't wait okay this week is my ninth wedding anniversary congratulations thank you so much and I need to figure something out uh because my husband so we're going away we're going into the city into Chicago he has planned out everything. Like he booked the hotel. He, we, Aww. he figured out what we're doing for dinner and like, we're going to nice brunch and we're going to see Aww. black Panther. Like we're doing all of these great things. He did it right. He did. He did everything. And so, and he also like coordinated childcare for our daughter with his parents, which like, obviously like, you know, they're his parents. He should talk to them. Um, <laughs> Fair. No, they're great. Yeah. Now I feel, I was like, well, what, what can I do? And I don't know. And we also like, we also like, don't really exchange gifts. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like what we said, we're like, we don't get a card, whatever, but yeah. like, just tell me you it. love me. It's fine. So now I'm thinking, you know, contrary to popular belief, like romance authors, this is consensus. Everything romantic goes into our books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our poor partners are left with the leftovers, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, I am not romantic. He remembers all the date, like all of the anniversary, the date, everything he, that is all on him. And I'm just like, do to do. Oh, cool. Yeah. We've been, it's our dating anniversary. I definitely remembered that. Um, <laughs> every year I forget. And every year. <laughs> 
So no, yeah, I have to figure something out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but something. <laughs> well, maybe you just add a little surprise into one of those things that he's got planned or have something sent to the hotel, maybe like some champagne or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe something, 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 something. small to me enhancing of what he's yes, already planned. Something. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of pressure, but you know, the thing is that he probably also just enjoys planning it. I think so. I hope so. It would know. Also, it was like, neither of us could figure anything out. So he's like, you know, we like, we need to figure something out. So he did it. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're at. But then I put a bonus in here because we, as a podcast need to start planning 2023. So I figured if we, if we put it in here, maybe we'd actually do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll, we'll hold that there until we, until it's finished. That's good. Yeah. yeah I yes. Like yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So let's talk about what is bringing us comfort this week. I put in here, is it cheating to say born in fire by Nora Roberts? Right. Because it was so so lovely. I love it. Um, But also I've started born in ice, like like, literally just read like the first two chapters this Mm -hmm. morning. And then, and I have book three, it's all waiting. So really it's just like, I'm going to really enjoy rereading these books kind of related to my goal because I sat down and was like painting these cards for my friends. I kind of got back into not regularly, but I really like last weekend spent almost all day um, painting, just painting, Mm -hmm. just painting, have fun, which was really great. Um, yeah. So I really want to continue to do that. So yeah, but that's bringing me comfort. What Good. about you? So for me, because it is getting fall and gray mm-hmm. and my favorite time of year where it's all yes. cozy and warm things. Um, I'm, I finally got to go to my favorite tea shop in Kirkland and I got a whole bunch of new teas to try mm. out. So uh, my comfort right now is just a variety of teas from Lizzie Kate, uh, which is a local Kirkland based tea company that fabulous Kate but I got a one called Lizzie's Supreme Breakfast um there's like an apple spiced one that has real chunks of apples in it it's really delicious Mm -hmm. and then uh Moroccan mint which is always a good afternoon tea when I want a little bit of caffeine but really I just want something to soothe my tummy (laughs) yeah right (laughs) I love that oh tea all the tea Cause I had like no tea in the house and I was just drinking coffee or just hot water because mm-hmm. I was, I just needed something warm. And then I finally <laughs> got it and I was like, wow, I feel like a civilized person again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tea. It's the best. Makes the world go around. It really does. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, Danielle, yeah. I know it's, this is the worst. This is the part that always makes me sad is when we have to say goodbye, but you know what, whenever we do this, I always think of in love, actually, when he's like, this is the worst part of the day, leaving you or whatever <laughs> part of my day is when I see you. Like I, whenever I think that I'm like, oh yeah, it is like yeah, that. It is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can still follow us on all the socials, including Twitter for the time being yeah. <laughs> um, at fresh fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can follow me at real Vixen and Danielle, where can people find you? And I am at D Jackson books. You can email us directly at podcast at freshfiction.com. And we please, you know, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, participate with us on your favorite podcast app. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and also even if you just listen to it, you know, yeah. you to, but you also tell us again. if you want, tell us your favorite Nora Roberts books, because yes, Gwen needs a list. I Gwen, do. I need a recommendation. a recommendation of which one I should, after I finish the I- Irish born series, what I'm going to yep. do next. 
Cause oh now I'm God. like, do I do JD Rob? Like I have, this has opened the whole world for me. Like I'm excited. I am like so intimidated by JD Rob. Cause there are what so 54 many. of them at yeah. this point. I don't even know. I've lost count. And isn't um, it even like, it's only three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a like very that. short yeah. amount of time. Or maybe that's Jane Ann Krentz that's like that. that her oh, books are- maybe. Yeah, because I think JD Robb, they, they're like married and stuff. Yeah. Like, and whatever. This, again, we can't even <laughs> say goodbye properly. We just nope. keep going. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>